Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Amen and amen. Good morning. My name is Rick Thompson. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those who are joining us online. We are in a series that we have simply entitled God's PPE, God's Personal Protective Equipment. Aren't you glad that God didn't leave us defenseless? Amen? Come on, somebody. And if you haven't guessed, our subject for today is the sword of the spirit. I found this in my back office. This was uh, my youngest son's, uh, might have been a costume that he had when he was very small. He's like 26, 27 today. I know it's his because it has his initials on it. C.T. Caleb Thompson. But it was the sword that, 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 that he used. And that's what we're talking about today, the sword of the spirit. Now, the, the scripture has a lot to say about the sword. In, in Ephesians chapter 16, or, uh, chapter 6, verse 17, we heard about the helmet last week and what the helmet can do, that it represents a new creation in Christ, right? But it says, take up the helmet of salvation, and, and that helmet talks about a new way of thinking, uh, our new attitude, our new nature, and our, our new eternal destination. That, these are all new things that the helmet does, and that helmet protects our heads. But it also says in that same verse, take up the sword, take up the helmet of salvation, and the, help me out someone, the sword of the spirit, which is what? So it tells us what the sword of the spirit is, and it tells us the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Now, it's no accident that, that it's been likened unto a sword. It's actually the, the, the writer of, uh, of that Ephesians, which would be a, the Apostle Paul, is referring to the Roman sword. It looks sort of like this. And it would have been a double-edged sword. Keep that up there for a moment. because, And they call it a double-edged sword. Other swords, uh, like the sabers, had one side to it. So you can just do this with it. But a double-edged sword had the had an edge on both sides, which means that it was able to slice this way and slice this way. Come on, somebody. It was a double-edged sword. It was able to do damage going both ways. And it literally says in Hebrews, it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, but the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Listen, talking about the word. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know the, 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 the word of God has the ability to penetrate even to our very inner thoughts. Did you know that? That sometimes when, when you hear the gospel being preached or an anointed preacher taking place, you, you feel the burning inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the word of God doing its work in your life. Amen. And so it penetrates even to the divine of soul and spirit, joints and marrows, and judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And in the same way, the sword of the spirit is the only tool in our arsenal that can be used both offensively and defensively. It has the ability to strike, but it also has the ability to defend. Amen? I want you to get that visual. Because it has the ability to defend and to go on the attack. We, and we saw this in the scripture with our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw this when he came under attack during the weakest time probably of his entire life other than being on the cross itself. This was when he was being, uh, uh, when he was led out into the wilderness. And let's just pick it up in Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. It says, then Jesus was led 
by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, anyone ever notice anything odd about that, that one statement? I remember the first time that went off in my spirit. It says that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert. Why? To be tempted by the devil. Now, why would the Holy Spirit lead Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? How many know that God knows what you can handle? Amen? And you're stronger than you think you are. And my Bible says that the trying of my faith produces endurance. Amen? And so there are certain things that God is going to allow you to go through. And at the time, it's going to feel like, oh, my God, God has abandoned me. What is going on? The end result is to make you stronger. Amen? It's to make you more battle-ready. It's to make you more tested in the things that are coming down the line. Amen? And so that's what was going on. God knew the victory was going to come through this, but he, Jesus had to go through some things. And we are going to be going through some things as well. That Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And that's when the tempter came. Anyone ever notice that that's some of your worst times when you're hungry, when you're tired? That's when the enemy is going to come at you. The tempter came to him and he said, If you are the Son of God, Tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered with what? It is written. It is written. It is written where? It is written in the Bible. It is written in his holy scriptures. It is written in the word of God. He says, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, there are those people out there today who think that they're thriving apart from the word, apart from God and apart from his word. But I promise you, you ain't living until you get God's word inside of you. Amen. You ain't, you ain't being sustained the way you should be. You may be doing well on this earth, but it's only for this earth that you're going to see a benefit. Jesus said, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then in verse 5, it says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands. How many know the devil knows the Bible? But he doesn't tell it right. He, he, you ever heard that band a few years ago, Twisted Sisters? Well, he could form a band called Twisted Scriptures. Because he will take the word of God and he will twist it every single time. How many know that's why it's important to know what the word says? Because he can take it and, and, and take it out of context and you go sending down the road, sending down a path that's not God's will for you, using the word of God. That's why we need to know the word. That's why we have to have it in our hearts and in our lives. And so and Jesus responded right back. And in this case, the devil is literally trying to get Jesus to kill himself. Literally trying to get him to commit suicide. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to a test. One translation says to a foolish test. So Jesus knew what the word was and he knew what it was in context. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their, and their splendor. And all this, he says, I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus answered him, away from me, Satan, again the third time, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended to him. Now listen to me. Satan, again, will try and twist scriptures, and that's why it's important for us to know what it says. And, and it was with the word of God that the, the, and the sword of the Spirit that every time the enemy came at Jesus, Jesus was able to repel everything he had to say. He used the word of God. He didn't, even though he was God incarnate, he didn't use some supernatural goobly goody to get rid of the devil. He, he used the word of God. Why did he do that? He did that for an example for each and every one of us. He did that so that we can know that we can do the same thing in these situations when we are being attacked or when, when the enemy is coming our way and to gain the victory. Now, it's not just important for us to know the word of God ourselves. The Bible says we need to be teaching it to the next generation. Psalms 145.4 says, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts and let them proclaim your power. Again, how important is it for us to teach our children about the goodness and the good news of God? Well, it, it will keep our children on the straight and narrow. It will keep the doors of God's blessings open for them. Anybody want God's blessings in our lives? I didn't say it. The, the Bible says, Revelation 3.8 says, I know your deeds, Jesus speaking. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. And I know that you have little strength and you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I know your deeds. I know that, but know this, I've kept before you an open door that no one can shut. How many know when God opens the door, it can't be shut? But when he shuts the door, stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your time. But when he opens that door, I don't care how strong or little strength you have, he says, I know you have little strength, but you have kept my word, and you have not denied my name. Don't miss that. Don't miss what the Spirit's saying here. The Lord says, I know you have little strength going on, but because you have kept my word, because you have not denied my name, I've set before you an open door. And that door speaks of God's blessings. It speaks of his provisions. It speaks of an unobstructed path in front of you. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, keep his word. Keep his word. Keep his word when he tells you, and don't just let it go in one out the other, when he says, forgive as I've forgiven you. Keep his word, amen? amen. When, when, when he talks to us about judging other people, there are so many of us that, that have absolutely no problem seeing what's wrong with other people. But we have every absolute problems to see what's going on in our. When he says, judge not or you will be judged, he says, take the log out your own eye before you... To start to take, take the speck out your brothers. Keep his word. Keep his word when he talks about generosity. The Bible says in Malachi, will a man rob God? And the prophet came back and said, well, how have we robbed you? He says, you robbed me with the tithes and with your offerings. Everything we have belongs to God. Everything you have belongs to God. Your breath. Take a breath. If God decides to take that breath back, there's nothing you're going to be able to do. And so when he says in the scripture, I've given you 100% of what you have, what I require back from you is 10% of it, you're going to argue? He says, it's blessed if you do what I tell you, and that door will remain open. How about fidelity? The Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And so the Bible calls us to be faithful to the, to the wife of our youth, the world can, you know, condones all sorts of stuff. They've got online things going on and all sorts of foolishness happening. I would rather do what the word says than, than what the world says. Amen. Amen? 
We'll talk about that a little bit more as we go on. Be faithful to what the Word says and the blessings, no matter how strong, how weak you are, the doors of God's blessings will remain open. The Bible says, and, 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 and we need to be faithful to the Word, capital W. Who is that? Scripture says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Who is that? Someone say Jesus. He's the incarnate Word of God. He's the Word made flesh. Now concerning the power of God's Word, listen, listen if, if you saw two men about to get into a, into a fight, and, and one guy, when you sized them up, was demonstrably bigger, more muscular, and stronger than the other guy, a bit of a bully. And the other guy, he's just this little guy. He's not much to him. You would obviously think to yourself, someone's about to get their hands or their butts handed to them on a platter. Probably the little guy. Yet the little guy, as you're watching this taking place, he's not backing down. And you think to yourself, he has lost his mind if he thinks he's going to be able to take, take on this big dude. And, and as this big dude says, you know, the big guy says, you know what, <laughs> game on. And he starts to approach the little guy, presumably to take his head off. And, and the little guy takes a step back. He reaches into his back pocket. He pulls out his old friend, Smith & Wesson. And in that moment, listen to me, how many of you know in that moment that at that point, the little guy's strength doesn't matter that much? It don't matter that, that the fact that he's probably going to lose in an arm wrestle or in a, in a wrestling match or, or in a fight is irrelevant. The odds in that moment has just shifted in his favor. Why? Be because he came packing. He, he's now armed and dangerous. Now listen to me this morning. God's word has the ability to make us armed and dangerous. Listen to me. Regardless of your personal strengths or your weaknesses, regardless of, of your age, how old you are, how young you are, how big, how little, whether you're male or female, it, what, what color you are, the Word of God is the defining factor in the, in, in the spiritual battles against our enemy. Okay, come on, somebody. I, 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 listen to me. You get the Word of God in you, you become armed and dangerous. Now, what can the Word of God do? Several things, and I want you to write down these things this morning. The Word of God has the ability to defend and deliver us all at the same time because it's a powerful tool against the enemy of our soul. Like the Smith and Wesson we talked about in, in, a, in an uneven fight, it has the ability to shift the odds into our favor if we would do what the Bible says. The Bible says to take up the sword of the Spirit. Take up the helmet of salvation. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Have your, have your Lord's guard with the, with, 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 the, with the belt of truth. How many know truth is what's being sacrificed today? You turn on the TV, you're watching the news, you think you're getting the truth? You think you're getting the truth? I, I, I'm arguing with people today, and, and, and because what I'm saying is different than what CNN is saying, they believe the gospel of CNN over what the Bible says. They believe the gospel of MSLSD or, or, or Fox or whatever it is, whatever it's spewing. And listen, again, if MSLSD or CNN is saying the opposite of what the Word of God says, go with the Word. Go with the Word every time. Because we are living in a, in a situation where the, where the Bible says he's a, the devil is the prince in the power of the air, of the airwaves. 
And so he's manipulating all sorts of foolishness going on in this world today. That's why everybody's at everyone's throats. Look at the end result of what's been taking place, not just over the last year, over the last four years. We go from one stupid, divisive thing to another over and over and over again. The prince of the power of the air is at work. Don't believe every nonsense you hear on TV. And certainly don't put it above what the Word of God teaches. Amen? Amen. That's why the Bible says to, to take up all these things. Now, for some of us, what we've done is we've taken up the helmet of salvation and we've let everything else go. We, we, we've got a sword, but it's a little sword. And if we do have a sword, it's, it's sitting in a, in a scabbard. We've got the shield of faith that the Bible talks about, but it's sitting down here. The breastplate of righteousness may not be even on. It might be sitting on the side of the road somewhere or sitting on a chair somewhere. The gospel of preparation of truth, ready to tell the good news. No, we're not ready for that. And we're certainly not walking in truth. And so we, we say, you know what? I've got the helmet of salvation on and the helmet is enough. And you're running into spiritual battles and you're getting the bejeebas beat out of you. You're becoming a human pincushion for the spiritual enemies in our lives. You're taking a beating. You're taking blows in your finances. You're taking blows in your personal testimony in this world. Yes, you're saved, but again, you're a human pincushion. That's why the Bible says we need all of God's PPE. We need to apply it all. We need to understand what it is and how it works and how it applies in our lives. So that when the day of evil comes, it doesn't say if, it says when the day of evil comes. The day of evil comes for every single one of us. And it might be jacking on me today, and you might be sailing pretty tomorrow, today, but tomorrow something's coming. And so the Bible calls us all to take on uh, the, the PPE of God so that when these things happen, we can take our stand. We're not called to bow. We're not called to, 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 to constantly, you know, be running away. Somebody told me, sent me a text today. says, Pastor Rick, I found out why there's not a back to the, the breastplate of righteousness. I said, why is that? Because in, as far as God is concerned, the spiritual battles mean when we enter a spiritual battle, we are not called to run. Come on, somebody. We are not called to be running from spiritual battles. We are called to take our stand. I said, in addition to that, we're called to have each other's backs instead of stabbing each other in the back, instead of forming circular firing squads against our own people because you don't agree with what CNN has to say or MSLSD. Come on, somebody. We all need to put on God's PPE. So plan to be here for the next few weeks as we talk about each and every one of them and how they apply to our lives. Amen? So what does the Bible tell us to do about his word? And 2 Timothy 2 gives us a good, gives us a good thing. Actually, it's a good one to memorize. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study implies I'm going to spend a little bit more time in God's word than just an hour on Sunday. 
listening to the preacher. Amen? Again, take note of that word study. It says to study the word, to show ourselves approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, someone who rightly divides the word of truth. Then NIV says someone who correctly handles the word of truth. Guys, if you want to become spiritually armed and dangerous and begin to utilize the powerful tools that God's given us to bring about victory and success, we have to study God's word. We have to learn how to, and I know this is a, a bad word among Christian groups, but we have to learn to meditate on God's word. Actually, that's what the Bible says. Psalms 119 says, I meditate on your precepts and, con- and, cons- and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Again, meditate means a little bit more than, you know, in one ear and out the other. This is what it says. Why does it say it? Let me understand this in context, okay? Now, why else is it important to begin to study and meditate on his word? Because not only does it have the ability to defend and deliver us, the word can guide us. Write that down. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That includes, that includes keeping us on the straight and narrow. Psalms 119.11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's why Joseph was able to stay in God's good graces when he was approached by Potiphar's wife to do some sinful thing. He says, I, I cannot sin against God. I will not do that. Uh, that's why the Shadrach and Meshach, Meshach and Abednego didn't have a problem when, uh, even when they were faced with certain death, when the king commanded that they bow before the idol, and they said, no, we're not going to bow to your idol, even if it costs our lives. Why? Because the word of God said, thou shalt not have a, a, bow down to any graven images. They knew what the word of God said. And they were, will, they were more willing to take, the, take a chance on God than uh, ple- they wanted to please God more than they wanted to please this man, and even if it cost them their life. We need to know what the Word of God says so that it can guide us. The Word of God has the ability to heal us. Psalms 107.20, he sent out his Word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Matthew 8.8, remember that story? It says that the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the Word, and my servant will be healed. And the Bible says that Jesus marveled because he didn't see this kind of faith in all of Israel. The man came, he said, my servant is sick. Please, can you, can, uh, can, can, can you do something? And Jesus says, I'll come right now. And the guy says, no, no, no. I'm a man under authority, and I have people under me, and I know you're a man of authority. All you have to do, God, is say the word. And, and, and Jesus marveled at the faith of this man. He's, and, in that, and the Bible says, in that very moment, his servant... Be, it started to improve and, and became healed. God's word has the ability to heal us. Anyone know anyone that's been healed? Come on, somebody. I've known many over the years, and there is no distance in prayer. Amen? God's word has the ability to penetrate wherever. They may not be letting people into the hospital, but they can't keep God's word out. They can't keep God's prayer out. Amen? So we want to use God's word in terms of Praying for people and praying for ourselves and praying for healing. The Word of God has, can strengthen and sustain us. Psalms 119.28, my soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your Word. Anyone ever been to a place where you were just weary and you were sorrowful? Come on, somebody. Is it just me? Are you always happy? 
Are you always up even, even after you became a Christian? Anything ever hit you that almost take your lunch? <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's when it's most important to stay in God's word. That's, the enemy's trying to separate you from it, but that's when it's most important. A reminder of what Jesus told Satan in the wilderness. He says, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I remember when I was going through some difficult times, and I've been going through difficult times again, and it seems like seasons. But there was one time when it felt like there was attacks coming from every single situation, every direction going on, there were attacks coming. Anyone ever been there? Come on, somebody. Even, even from family members, there were attacks coming left and right. And, and, and I didn't know what was, I was going to do. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do here. And God sent a, 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 a woman with a, with a word for me. I said, I got a word for you. The Lord told me to tell you. I said, what's that word? She said, the Lord said to tell you, no weapon forced against you shall prosper, not by any man or any devil. And I was getting attacked by men and devils. But when that word, and she didn't know anything about what was going on. But as soon as she said it, you ever get a witness in your, in your spirit that you know that you know that you know that this thing, this thing came from God? I got a whoosh, a flush in my spirit. And it's like the Holy Spirit saying, that's me. And in that moment, <laughs> I took that word to the bank. And every time the attacks came, I just thought, rather than repeating the attacks, I just say, no weapon forced against me shall prosper. Not by any man or any devil. And I kept moving. You know like Dory on, on uh, Finding Nemo? <laughs> just keep moving. Just keep moving. I just kept moving. And then the attack will come again. From somebody, I said, no weapon forced against me. I, I didn't cuss them out. I didn't tell them nothing else. All I told them was what the word said. No weapon forced against me shall prosper, not by any man or any devil. And I just kept moving. Kept going to work. Kept doing my thing. You're going to lose everything. No weapon forced against me shall prosper, not by any man or any devil. And I kept moving. And guess what happened? No weapon forced against me prospered, not by any man or any devil. The thing came, the storm came, and the storm left. And it was the enemy just trying to get me off of what God wanted me to be and believe in all the nonsense and all the stuff. No, believe what the word of God says. He has the ability to deliver us from situations and circumstances. He has the ability to strengthen and sustain us no matter what we're going through. Amen? I'm talking to somebody out there. You're going through a difficult time. I'm going to give you the same word. Listen to me if you're listening to me online as well. No weapon force against you shall prosper, not by any man or any devil. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, listen, friends, if you're going to see success in your life, success in your spiritual walk, success in your marriage, your relationship, success in your finances, you're going to have to get to know what is written. Jesus said it not once, not twice. He said it three times. He said it against the enemy that was saying the very scriptures, using scripture against them, twisting the scriptures. So I got to get to know what it is written. And, 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 and oftentimes it's better if you get his word in you and get that sword a little bit bigger before the attacks come. Come on, somebody. 
Become armed and dangerous before the enemy shows up at your door in your marriage, in your relationships. So that when he shows up, you may be the little guy, but you came packing. You armed and dangerous. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And yes, it doesn't say no weapon for, will be forced against you because that would be a lie. There were weapons forced against Jesus. And we're not better than Jesus. It says they won't, the weapons forced against you will not prosper. It ain't going to work. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It ain't going to They're going to try. The devil's going to try, but it ain't going to work. And so I've got to get, get to know God's word before the attacks come. I got to commit to studying his word. A workman rightly dividing the word of truth. And I got to become spiritually armed and dangerous if I'm going to see victories in my life. Amen? If I'm going to take God's word and allow it to defend, to deliver, to guide, to heal, and to strengthen me, I've got to get his word inside of me. But it first starts with knowing the word, the word, the capital W-O-R-D. Who did he say he was? What's his name? His name is Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It's not a religion that saves us. It's a relationship. We step into that relationship like we said last week when we become born again. That old life of sin we are done with. We start to trust God for the for, the, for making us a new creation in him. And he invites us to come to that table. I don't care what you've done in the past. I don't care how bad things have gotten. The blood of Jesus is for you. Amen? The forgiveness that he's provided for is for you. Like we said last week, Paul was a murderer and God made him a mighty man of God. I don't care what your past is. People will judge you along those lines. If you repent and turn your life over to Christ, he says, all is forgiven. And behold, listen, all things have become new in Jesus Christ. And then to all of us, he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give is light. Come to me, he says. Come to me. Jesus says, come to me. I don't know why people run from him. But I want to suggest to you today, urge you today, stop running from him. Run to him. Give your life to him. Surrender everything to him. It starts with allowing the word to become part of your life. And his name is Jesus. If you've not yet done that, it'd be my privilege and my honor to lead you in a word of forgiveness, of repentance today. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and say something like this. Say, Heavenly Father, 
I come before you today and I acknowledge that I have messed up. I have sinned. I've not always done everything right. And I repent of trying to make things right on my own. I ask you to forgive me for my sins, to come into my life, to come into my heart. Help me, Lord, to put on the helmet of salvation this day and not stop with that, but to apply the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and all of the PPE that you have provided for me so that I can have victory in my life. From this day forward, I surrender everything to you. Be my Lord, be my Savior. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.